Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin. Doing my uh, post-game plus pre-All-Star season kind of roundup and maybe what to expect from post-All-Star season pod. Um, But we'll start with the, the Mavs game. Uh, against New Orleans on Thursday because I, I still never did a post game uh, pod for that. And then, um, you know, I'm making this before the All Star game on Sunday. So, you know, I don't, I didn't really care to do a, a pod on the All Star game because it's just an All Star game and nothing really exciting about it. But um, we will start with the New Orleans game. And one thing that, uh, you know, Dallas did get the win, um, 125 to 118. A couple things that stuck out. For one, C.J. McCollum could not be stopped. He was hitting so many threes. And it was incredible how he was just making all those shots. And... Another thing was the big front line that New Orleans had um, really affected Dallas as far as, you know, Valanciunas had 18 rebounds. 18 rebounds. Now, Luka had 15. Um, Our starting center got his average of 5, which is pathetic. But anyhow, um, but one thing that sort of sticks out as far as the Mavericks go is the number of shots Luka took. Luka took 35 shots. He took 14 three-pointers, but he made seven. That's 50% a good percentage. Um, he scored 49 points, had eight assists, and 15 rebounds. Uh, he did take 12 free throws. He made eight. 66 isn't great percentage, but it is what it is. Um, you know, he, he was great, and, you know, he's, he was a plus 21. You know, when you look at the plus minuses, I know they're not fair, but it's funny. You look at him, and his stats are always there with Dorian Finney-Smith. I feel like they play together a lot. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith was four for five on his threes um, with 14 points, and he was a plus 19. And, you know, Maxi is another guy who had a, another really good game from Maxi. Not necessarily... Um, it's, you know, he had the blocks the last game, the prior game, like the five blocks. He only had one block, and he had one steal, and he only had four rebounds, but he had 20 points. He was three for five on his threes. He was seven for ten overall. Um, he was really good. Uh, the the one thing that sort of sticks out in the sort of plus-minus is Dwight Powell. Um, Dwight Powell had eight points. He was a minus 11, and he had five rebounds. And... I don't want to speak. I don't want to talk too much about Powell, but um, one guy that one of the new guys, uh, Davis Bertans, had eh, some had struggled with his three point shot. Took seven threes and only made one. He only scored three, but he was only a minus two as well. So you know it wasn't too bad. Um, Dinwiddie played a lot of minutes, um, especially when you. Compare it to, you know, the first game with the Mavs. He played 30 minutes. He did okay. He did. I thought he did better. He only scored eight points. Obviously, that's not great, but he was a plus nine. 
you know, he did have four rebounds. Uh, he had a steal. You know, he didn't have as many assists. You know, he only had one assist, but um, he was one for three on his three-pointers. He was three for five overall. So, you know, overall, I thought it, it was an improvement, you know, and I, I said it in that last pod, you know, when you bring in a guy who's a ball handler, he's not going to change the world in a day. You know, it's going to take him a week or two to really get, you know, understand what the Mavs are trying to do. And I, and I think as the coaches figure out how they want to play him, when they want to play him, at what point they want to play him, you know, do they want to play him opposite of Luca a lot and stuff like that, I, I think his numbers are going to be better. Uh, Brunson had a good, really good game with 23 points. It was a, it was a quiet game, you know. It, it was funny, he, I guess because Luca took so many shots, but what was funny is Brunson's plus minus was a minus nine. He, I, I don't know um, what happened with that. I, I guess when Luca came out of the game and Powell was still in the game, and Josh Green may have been in the game with him too because Josh Green was a minus five. He only had he had no points. He was an offer, but um, yeah, Brunson was three for four on his threes. He was eight for thirteen overall. Um, you know, just very efficient offensively. So, you know, it's it's what you want to see from, you know, your secondary ball handler, playmaker. He had six assists. Um, so, overall, though, they, they did – their offense is clicking on all cylinders, sort of like it was, you know, the start of the season – I think even before the Porzingis trade, or before Porzingis got hurt, before the trade, I know that's kind of sounds funny, but um, you know their offense sort of staggered the first few months of the season. I, I don't know the final, or I don't want to say final, but I don't know what the numbers are at this point. You know how much they, uh, how much they have improved their offense over the last, you know, several games. They've been scoring a lot of points. Now, they did give up a lot of points this last game. Um, one of the problems, like I said, CJ McCollum was just phenomenal. The big lineup uh, really affected the game. Um, you know, Hayes had 18 points. Ingram had 12 points. Valanciunas had 16 points. And then a guy who a lot of people love to post his uh, one-game where he had zero points and all that. Tony Snell had 11 points. He was three for five on his threes. Devontae Graham was two for four on his threes. He had 12 points. So they had their guys scored. I mean, they they were hitting their shots. They shot 42% from three. That's really good. Now, Dallas shot 47%, but 42% is really good. And like I said, C.J. McCollum, he really, you know, made a difference. Jackson Hayes got to the line seven times. Uh, you know, Dallas doesn't start a very big front line. Uh, Luca had to play defense on Ingram, and he did a really good job, too, I thought. Uh, really underrated type defensive performance that nobody will ever talk about it except Mavs fans. You know, you won't... You're not going to see the national media talk about the 6-for-21 that Ingram went 0-for-4 on his threes, you know. You're just not going to hear about it at minus eleven because you know Luca was Luca had to defend him because you you kind of had to Luca had to defend Ingram and Hayes and on both of the on both occasions because 
they didn't have anybody out bigger for the front line. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green started the game. And those guys aren't big. I, you know, I've talked in the past about Dorian Finney-Smith trying to play power forward. He can't do it. He just can't do it. What the Mavs are banking on is the other team switching their guy out and matching up to Dallas going small. So, I, you know, obviously it, it comes into um, when Mavericks play the Lakers or they play the Clippers where you have Dorian trying to cover Kawhi and LeBron and David. It just it doesn't work. And I know those guys are hard to cover for pretty much everyone, but, you know, Maxi, Maxi does a really good job to make it difficult on those guys. Um, you know, make them work. Not so much difficult, but make them work. Whereas when Dorian Finney-Smith tries to guard him, it's sort of a layup drill. So I, I do think he plays out of place, but it is what it is. They, they're they going, <laughs> going the rest of the season with these guys. So overall, though, good win. Um, they finished the first half, and I'm using quotations when I say half because they've played more than half their games. Um, it looks like they've played, let me see, 35, 45, 55, 59 games, uh, which is well over half. Uh, you know, I don't know why they, the All-Star game comes way late like that, but uh, you know, Mavericks are 35-24. That's 11 games over 500. That's that's really good um, for this team, especially the way they started. I, uh, you know, in my I was going over some of my preseason predictions, and I had the Mavericks finishing third. My predictions are terrible. Um, I I did get some of the teams right in both conferences. It's just got I got the order way off. So. And there were a couple teams I really missed on. Um, really only one I really, two I really missed on. There were two teams I really missed on, but they were Eastern Conference teams. And we'll kind of go over that briefly. But, you know, the Mavericks, they've won two in a row. The hottest team going into the All-Star break is technically Phoenix. They've won seven in a row. They're nine and one in their last nine. But the Celtics are also nine and one in their last nine. Uh, Memphis is eight and or last nine, last ten. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies are eight and two in their last ten. Mavs are seven and three. That's that's a good, you know, that's good. It's not bad. Eight and two, like the Raptors were eight and two. Eight and two is ideal to me if you're going to be a top tier team. One of the teams they're chasing, Utah, is at number four right now. They're game and a half behind. I think they play them three times in this second half of the season. And I also think that's the first game on Friday after the All-Star break. So the first game is really going to make a difference in the standings. I mean, we're talking it's going to make it go from a game to a half a game or from a game and a half to two and a half games. And it's, it's going to be a big deal. Um, I know there's still time left in the season, and even if Dallas were to lose this game, they could still pass Utah. I get that. But you want to start off the second half, as I keep saying. Um, and I think they a lot of times they include playoffs. You know, obviously the regular season half. 
you know, if you add 16 games, because that's what you have to win to win the finals, it's going to be 16 is the minimum you get to play to win the finals. And very rarely, like it never happens, you at least play, you know, I think I think the Lakers one year did it in 17 games. I could be wrong. Maybe the Bulls did it once or something. But you're, you're probably going to play at least 20. You're not going to go in and do a bunch of sweeps. You're going to play at least 20. So, you know, yeah, the Mavs have played 59, and then there's um, 22 left, 23 left. But if you add, say, 20 for the team that's going to go to the finals, it all of a sudden you bump it up to 42. So it's still more than half, but it I think they're trying to take into account that there are playoffs and playoff teams are, you know, they're trying to give them a break to make it halfway. So... Um, you know, when the season started, I had Utah, Lakers, Dallas, Phoenix, Denver, Golden State, Portland, Clippers, Memphis, Minnesota. The one team that seems to be out that I had in is the, well, right now they're in, it's Portland. Um, New Orleans, ever since the trade, they've lost. Portland is on a four-game win streak. So I've got all those teams right. You know, New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio, Oklahoma, and Houston, they're all out right now. Obviously, it's going to change. There's a two game, Portland has a two game lead on San Antonio right now and New Orleans. New Orleans is probably not getting Zion back. Um, I had talked about New Orleans, and maybe there was a chance that Zion might come back, and that's what they were banking on when they made the McCollum trade. Um, at this point, at this juncture, as Harper would say, at this juncture, uh, the story goes that he might need a second surgery on his foot, so that cuts it. He's not coming back. They're not bringing him back. So the way Portland's playing, um, Anthony Simons is playing, they, I thought they did a good job in bringing in guys who are more or less trying to compete for not only a roster spot in Portland, but you know some of these guys might be free agents in the offseason. They're trying to compete for another contract. So they they are playing hard. I'll give them credit. You know, I I don't see them making it to the playoffs when the playing playing tournament comes. Uh, you know, I see them being one of the first out. So they, they played hard and good for them, but I just think the Lakers and the Clippers are better. Uh, Minnesota's sort of fi- or pretty much kind of solidifying their spot above the Clippers and the Lakers at seven. I don't know if they catch Denver. Um, you know, Denver and Dallas would have to really have some really bad weeks, maybe some injuries. People, you know, if Lo- uh, Jokic or Luka miss significant time, Minnesota could pass them, but. We're hoping that that doesn't happen. So um, I think the Lakers and the Clippers are sort of going to be in that 8-9 spot. They're going to flip-flop, obviously. They're, they've got the same number of losses. The Clippers have played three extra games. So at some point, Lakers are going to have to, I think, make up some games they may have canceled. I could be wrong about that. I, I don't remember who they can whose games they canceled and whose games they didn't. Um, I just know that 
at some point there are some games they have to make up. And I think one of the things they're going to do is just add it to, like if a team had a couple days off, they're just going to give them a back-to-back or whatever. So uh, to me, I, to, I don't see Phoenix losing their number one spot. Um, Golden State, they're, they've been sort of a weird team. They started off so strong, but they've just been kind of crazy, sort of inconsistent here lately. Um, you know, they've lost two in a row. They're six and four in the last 10. You know, Memphis, there is a scenario where Memphis could pass them. Um, I don't think it'll affect Dallas that much because I don't really see Dallas getting above the four. Now, it does affect Dallas if they drop to the six because that just, that, you know, determines who they play at number three. So, I I do think, one, one thing I, I kind of think is the way Utah's been playing lately, there I think there's a chance they could fall to number six. Now, that would be a, a really big fall, but it I I don't think it's you know I don't think it's strange to see if they've been struggling a lot lately. So you know they're six and four in their last ten. Um, I, so was Denver, but you know Denver might be getting Murray back. You know there's a, there's a scenario where Denver passes Dallas. So I, I wouldn't be shocked. To see if, you know, especially if Dallas can take advantage of their games against Utah. So, uh, like I said, the, I've brought it up in the past. I think the top six teams are going to remain the top six. The order is going to be different. I think Minnesota is going to be at seven. The Clippers and the Lakers, they're, depending on what happens with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I I bring it up a lot in these pods, and I sorry if it's a little repetitious, but if if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard come back, it's going to make for very interesting playoffs. So um, you know Anthony Davis is hurt; um, he's going to miss at least four weeks. That's really going to affect the Lakers' record. Um, Lakers don't have a ton of depth. They. You know, one thing people I think are sort of doing sort of a positive spin on is the fact that Westbrook has sort of found his um, place on the team, like how he wants to play, and he's been playing better these last few games. Now, they're still 3-7 and seven in the last 10. Uh, they've only won one in a row, so that's not a streak. So... We'll see. Um, obviously, it's always just Laker talk. At the end of the day, you still have Westbrook, who's sometimes makes some really bonehead plays. That's basically who he is. So, um, but yeah, going back to my predictions, I I have these ten teams. I just you know my my numbering is way off. So, um, as far as the Eastern Conference goes. Um, I had the uh, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Philly, New York, Miami, Chicago, Boston, Washington, Indiana. A couple, I, I missed the whole Eastern Conference pretty much. Um, 
you know, I had Miami there, but Miami's number one. I didn't have them that high up. I had Chicago there, but I didn't have them number two, or basically tied for number one. I had Philly there. Um, I had them at four. I didn't have Cleveland there. I had Cleveland as one of the bottom five. I totally missed that one. But in all fairness, I'd be willing to bet most people missed that one. Milwaukee, I had at number two. They're only two and a half games out of the first place. So the numbering for the Eastern Conference is going to change. Boston, I had in there. They're a little higher than I have them. They've been on a win streak. They've been winning a lot. Um, Toronto is a team that I missed. I had them out of it. They've been playing very well. They're 8-2 in their last 10. Um, They're playing better than I anticipated. Um, Brooklyn has really fallen. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Now, they made that huge trade, obviously. Um, Durant supposedly coming back soon. Uh, that was the talk. Um, I don't know how Steve Nash said he could come back soon after the All-Star break. I don't know if he was what his definition of soon is. I don't know when Ben Simmons is going to be playing. I anticipate it, you know, sort of shortly after the break as well. So I think Brooklyn at some point is going to go on some sort of win streak. I wouldn't doubt it if Brooklyn got Durant and Simmons back and went on a 10-game win streak. It would not shock me at all. At least 10. So Charlotte's another team I had out of it. Um, I, I actually... I think I had, uh, and I'm trying to understand my notes, I think I may have had Indiana out of it and Charlotte in. Um, Now that I look at it, I I think I switched those two. So, or either that or I switched Toronto. I, I don't understand what I wrote. But, you know, Charlotte's a team that was doing very well for a while. Um, they've really struggled lately. They're one and nine in their last ten. You know, it's funny on TNT. I was watching some of their stuff on Friday, and they were talking about how they're not Friday. It was on Thursday because um, I just wanted to see, you know, what they would say about the Mavs game and stuff. I'm just curious how you know they don't talk a ton of basketball. And when they do, they they get sidetracked and whatever. And they were showing the Hornets and. One of the guys made the comment of like, oh, Hornets playing good. And I'm like, yeah, he doesn't watch basketball. <laughs> and then somebody made the comment about they hardly watch basketball. And I was like, yeah, I can tell. Hornets are 1-9 and nine in the last 10. They're not playing good. <laughs> They're two games below 500 at this point. They've lost three in a row. So... They're, they're probably going to make the playoffs. It's really interesting. Um, Atlanta sitting at number 10 with one fewer loss. But they also have one fewer win. They've played fewer games. Um, they have won two in a row. I fully expect Atlanta to win some more games in the second half of the season. Um, the The interesting one for me is going to be Washington. KP still hasn't played. Um, you know, for all those people who didn't like the trade, just remember that he still hasn't played. He's probably, he's going to come back at some point. So how many games is he going to play? 
And what's he going to give you in those games? What's their offense going to look like? Bradley Bill's probably not going to be there the rest of the season. So, you know, who's running the team? Is it that Neto guy? You know, you still have Hachimura, and you're going to have Denny. Um, they traded Montrez Harrell, so he's not there. Um, they still, they have Thomas Bryant and Daniel Gafford. So it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I just don't think they have it anymore. Uh, KP KP's probably going to play. They're going to win 6 out of 10, and then he's going to get hurt. And then they're gonna, he's gonna be on. They're gonna fall out. So uh, I don't want to be mean about it, but it's just that's just how it goes. Um, and that's one of the reasons Dallas traded him. So it's you know Anthony Davis is the same thing. The biggest difference between Davis and Porzingis is Davis probably has David. I don't want to say probably Davis does have more talent when he does play. He's obviously a better defender. He's better at offense, and so you tolerate his injury proneness to, you know, because if he's healthy, he's a difference maker. Um, so, you know, Washington probably won't make the playoffs. New York's not making it. They're continue to lose. There's still stories out there. I did think it was funny. You know, people talk about the, NBA 2K rankings on the video game and some somebody for I don't know who it was it's somebody associated with the Knicks they said that Brunson has the same ranking as Julius Randle um, so they continue to bring up Brunson I I'm just so curious as to see what it is that um they they offer Brunson you know obviously I'd like to keep Jalen Brunson but I know Dallas won't admit it but I think the Dinwiddie trade was made just in case that Din Detroit or New York just make us like I don't want to say stupid but a stupid run at Brunson uh, you know, if the if New York comes in and says four for a hundred, I I don't know. I I don't want to give that to Brunson. That I don't think he's that player. Um, you know, it, it's one of those. It, it goes back to the what we talked about when it came to Parsons and Harrison Barnes back when Dallas was trying to get them. If you're going to take a player away from another team, you're going to have to overpay. And the New York Knicks in theory, aren't a team who should have be have to overpay for a guy. But, you know, the way their franchise has gone over the last 20, 30 years, they're a team that's going to have to overpay. And I, I just, I don't think they have a lot of confidence in their coach. I don't think the coach is there next year. So I'd be interested to see who, you know, they want to move. I, I'd you know, if Dallas could do a sign and trade with Brunson and bring back some guys, especially some bigs, uh, Narlins Noel would be a huge help on our team. You know, I know he's not the best one out there, but I don't, I don't foresee Dallas being able to go out and signing, be able to sign a big. If they're going to get a big, they're going to have to do it in some sort of trade and. 
that trade's going to have to involve a team that throws a lot of money at Jalen Brunson. Because if not, you're basically hoping to maybe draft one. You know, Dallas is going to have their draft pick. You know, there could be a young, athletic, big, who may not be ready to play organized basketball in the NBA next year. But it's something they're they're investing in for the future, you know. Because where Dallas is going to get their pick, they're not going to get a guy that's going to do a ton of contributing to what they're going to do next year because it's going to be a pick in the 20s. And that's why I always say if a team wants a draft pick, give them a draft pick. Dallas is picking in the 20s. They're going to pick a guy who's just going to be a guy that you can get probably in the second round. So Dallas actually does well in the second round. So I, I it's kind of funny. Dallas does better in the second round than they do the first round. They, Dallas does better, I feel like, in the free agent you know, rookie free agents over the what they do in the first round. So um, it, it'll just be interesting to see what, you know, Dallas does in the offseason about Brunson. Um, you know, because I, I do think a team like New York is going to throw a lot of money at them. And I think they'll figure out a way to do it to where, you know, Dallas could get back a couple guys. You know, maybe... You know, maybe they're looking to give up on both Randall and Noel, and you sort of make a swap where you send them Hardaway and Brunson. And I know a lot of people might not like that, but Dallas' front line is just bad. Um, you know, Dwight Powell, I've talked about him. He's he's just not that good of a player. You know, Marquise Chris is hurt. When he comes back, he's he's a he's he's a better player than Powell. Marquise Chris is. I, I do believe he is. His problem, though, is he struggles to play without fouling. Now he's done better the longer he is with the Mavericks because he's understanding more of what they want to do. But the, you know, I, I, Dallas just has to improve that front line because I, I just, you know, they're going to come up against a team like Arizona or Arizona, Phoenix. And they're just, I think Phoenix is just going to outsize them and they're just going to get swept. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But uh, as far as like MVP, I, I, in my, I went back and listened. I, I didn't do so much predictions of individual awards. I actually went back and listened or was reading the GM survey. And the GM survey doesn't necessarily list a ton of like individual awards. So I kind of just, I, I didn't listen to all of it. I was like, you know what? I'll just sort of try and remember what I said and, and go from there. Um, one thing I did here is on the MVP, I said it, I thought Luca could win if they got a top four spot. But I also said that the writers want to give it to Embiid so bad. And right now, and I said if, if Philly gets a top four spot and Embiid's played a bunch of games, they're going to give it to Embiid. But if Embiid gets hurt and Dallas ends up with the four spot, I thought Luka could get it. That's what I you know said. Now, I don't think Luka's going to get it. The national media has sort of turned its back on Luka. They've been on all over Jaw. Even though Jaw isn't the biggest reason for their success, if you go back and look at their record without him, but that's a different story. Um Luca, the the media's turned their back on Luca. 
he might work himself back into first-team All-NBA, but he's not getting any MVP votes. Uh, when it comes to MVP, I do think it's going to be Embiid. As long as Embiid continues to play, Embiid's going to get it. Um, Kevin Durant is who the GMs thought. Kevin Durant's missed a ton of games. He's not winning it. Uh, and Phoenix, for whatever reason, I, I think when people look at Phoenix, they think they have a great or I don't know, they do. They look at them and they think they see a great team. You know, Chris Paul doesn't put up great numbers. Uh, so, you know, he 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 only averages like 15 points a game. I don't even know if it's that. So, he doesn't average a ton. I think at, at the start of the season, Steph had a lot of MVP chatter, but that's backed way up with Golden State struggles. Uh, you know, John Morant. I think is where some of the guys are trying to push, but that Memphis has a fantastic team. Um, you know, if you look at Memphis's record without Jaw, they have a better winning percentage because they have a fantastic team. Uh, Jokic is a name you could put in there, but uh, you know, if Murray comes back and Denver, you know, sort of gets a little push from that, you know, a lot of people are going to look at Murray. So I do think it will be Embiid. Um, if Milwaukee figures out a way to get a top two seed, which is still possible, some people might give it to Giannis. Since you know, I had mentioned that Giannis would have to. The I think the writers felt that Giannis would have to do something before they gave him the MVP anymore, and he did. You know, he won his title. But at this point, I do think it's Embiid's to lose. If Embiid. You know, there's they've they've played looks what is that fifty eight games. If Embiid plays, and then their next twenty ish games, it's his, and I I think they'll give it to him. Is you know Harden's about to start playing with them. Some people think that's gonna work well. Some people don't. I have no idea. I think Harden's washed. That's just me. I think he's aged. Um, he's got a ton of miles. He likes to go out clubbing. He likes to eat. And I just don't think he's the same James Harden that he was five, six years ago. But I think a lot of people do think he is. So I, I don't know how that's going to go. Um, so I, I think, I, I do think Embiid's going to get it, though. Um, I, I think one of the things that they talked about is uh, sort of a. Most improved. Um, they didn't label it most improved, but that is a that is a. I think they said something about take the next level, and I turned it into a most improved, and that was I said Michael Porter Jr. Now that's obviously not going to be one because he's out for the year. Uh, I thought it could have been. There was a chance it could have been. He had his chance. You know, he could have been the second guy to Jokic, but you know he had the back surgery, so uh, he's you know. It's not going to happen. If I were going to give a most improved, I think they give it to Darius Garland, maybe. Uh, Darius Garland is really good. Cleveland sent a number four. I could see Garland getting that. I could see you know, Cleveland being rewarded, you know, a Cleveland player being rewarded for their success. 
Uh, rookie of the year, I think I said Jalen Green, and the only reason I said Jalen Green was because Houston was just going to let him score, you know, shoot 30 times a game. But I think it's Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley started a tad bit slower. Scotty Barnes was the hot name, but Scotty Barnes has really tapered off. Uh, Jalen Green is just sort of a disaster looking out on the court. And I'm not saying he's going to be a bad player at all. It's just he his, his rookie year looks a little rough. Duarte was a guy who started strong but really fizzled out. And, you know, you have some of the guys like Cunningham. He's on a bad team. And Suggs is also on a bad team. And so when you go and look at it, to me, Mobley's going to be the answer. Mobley is an incredible player. I've talked a lot about him in other pods. I'm jealous that Dallas doesn't have a guy like him. And I think he's going to be a multi-time All-Star in this. I think he, next year he can make an All-Star team. I don't know if he will. I'm just saying I think he could. I think he's going to be that great. Um, and if he doesn't do it next year, he's going to do it the year after. I think Cleveland with Garland and Mobley are going to be really good for a really long time if both guys will stay there. That's the key. Both guys have to stay there. And they don't act like they want to leave, so that's sort of good for Cleveland. Um, but I think Mobley wins the Rookie of the Year. I think for Coach of the Year, I said Nate McMillan. Um, I thought Atlanta was going to finish third and McMillan was going to have a full season after the way they finished. That's not going to happen. McMillan's not going to win it. Um, the One thing I can see is nobody's really talking about Cleveland's coach, Bickerstaff. Um, maybe they give it to Monty. I don't know if he won it last year or not. He may have. Um they could give it to the Chicago Bulls uh, coach, who is uh, his name has slipped my mind. He was the old uh, Florida coach. With then he went to Oklahoma City, but uh, I could see Chicago's coach winning it. The way they've played, the injuries they've dealt with, I could see Cleveland's coach winning it because I don't think anybody thought Cleveland would be this good. And kudos to those guys. You know, they both have done very well. So I, I think one of those two guys will win it. Um, I honestly, if it were going to be me, I'd give it to the Cleveland guy, mostly because I, you know, he's he's got a lot of young players. He's got three bigs for a front line that a lot of people didn't think it would work, but it is. He's got a player in Kevin Love that was disgruntled for a while, but he's got him to buy in and he's playing fantastic basketball off the bench and he's they've had a lot of injuries. So they're still surviving and I, I think if I were going to give it to somebody, I'd give it to Cleveland's coach. I think Bickerstaff's his name. So I think that's what it's... I, I think that's who deserves it. Um, as far as All-NBA, I may have put a team together. I don't know if I did or not, but... I know some people have done their midseason awards and you know they've left off Lucas for as far as all NBA first team. I think he was on like some people had him off altogether and some people had him on like their second or third team. 
some of the pods I listened to, you know, one of the pods was a Bill Simmons, and he sort of left them off, but he said, you know what, Luca's going to work his way back on. He'll probably work his way back to the first team. And that's sort of the way I think it's going. I, I think if the Mavericks, especially if the Mavericks can move up in the standings, I, I think you have to include them. Um, and if Golden State kind of drops in the standings, I, I don't know. Some people might want to give it to Jar. Like I said, he's the hot name right now. He's the name they're pushing. Um, it's kind of funny you see the national media pushing a guy. Um, I don't know why they do that. They did that with Trey Young on Luca's rookie year, and it, it, they they their argument was that Luca started faster, but Trey finished better, and that's just false. Luca started faster and Luca finished better. Luca's all of Luca's triple doubles his rookie season came the second half of the year. So uh, they just didn't watch Mavs games. All the Luca numbers were expected, whereas Trey numbers were a surprise. So I I don't know why Luca gets a lot of hate. I think because he's a Euro guy and a lot of writers don't like Euro guys. They just don't think they're they think they're soft. They don't think they're any good and whatever you know. Some some like him like Jokic and you know and even Giannis can be considered a Euro, you know he's born in Greece, but at the end of the day the the writers still when it comes to a guy like Luca they just don't want to give them the the, uh, the credit so I, I don't know if he'll work his way back to the first team or not. If he doesn't work his way back to the first team, he's played well enough to get the second team. So um, that kind of stuff doesn't really matter anymore. Um, You know, when they... A lot of times when people are talking about you, they say, you know, this guy made 10 All-NBA teams. And... Which is still good. You know, you're basically saying that's a top 15 player in the league. So, uh, you know... It's fine, and he's already made it, so it's not going to really affect his pay anymore. He's already got that part of it, so it, at this point, it doesn't really matter. But I would like to see him in it. You know, Andrew Wiggins was the one that made the All Star team over Luca, and now <laughs> Luca's clearly better. But whatever. Uh, but you know, as the second half goes, I you know I I could see. I could see teams like Detroit and Orlando trying to be worse. Indiana also. Um, everybody wants those top picks. Obviously, when you're getting a top two or three pick, you're going to get a good player. I think top two, if you know, so far as I you know pay attention, I think two guys, and it's not one of them is not that Chet Holmgren. I'm not sold on him. Um, for those who keep up with, you know, because I know I, I do have listeners outside this country, so they might not keep up with the, the college basketball, but, you know, Chet's a seven-foot-plus wing who does have ball-handling skills, but he looks like he also weighs 150 pounds. And so, you know, when I see him play, I don't know if I'm watching a guy who is going to be a skilled big, you know, like Durant, you know, and I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Durant, but, you know, Durant is a guy who's seven foot tall who can handle the ball. Is that what he's going to be? A guy who's seven foot tall who can handle the ball? Or is he going to be like Porzingis, you know, a guy who nobody knows what he is? He's big. His post up game isn't great. He's not a great center. 
He's more of a wing who's just long, but he struggles to defend. So what is he? You know, and that's the problem with Porzingis at this point. Nobody knows what he is still, even after all these years. They can't figure it out. Um, but for me, I, I think he's a more skilled Poku. You know, the guy on an OKC. I just think he's a more skilled Poku. That's it. And maybe I'm going to be wrong about it. And if I am wrong about it, you can tell me I'm wrong about it. That's fine. I don't mind. It's just sort of a prediction I'm making. But the two other guys the that are in the college, the Jaden Smith, I think is his name, and uh, Paolo something. He, he's he's got an Italian name, and I, Banchero might be his last name. I I think those are the two guys who are the one and two, and I think you're going to get a fantastic player uh, no matter which one you get. Um, and I'm eager to see who gets those top two picks. We'll know over the next few months. But, you know, Orlando has some guys that have been out for a year that could technically come back, I think, if they wanted to, and Markel Foltz and Jonathan Isaac. Um, I don't think they want to bring them back because I think they're both good players, and I think they would both contribute to winning and I just think it would be too bad. You know, I'd feel bad for a lot of the guys on their team if they sort of held them out to try and lose because, you know, then you start to develop a losing culture. And if Foltz is healthy, I play Foltz. If Isaac is healthy, you play Isaac. And you you may try to play him just so you can move him in the offseason. Um, I'd be willing to bet someone would take a chance on Foltz. Uh, Foltz... Was having Foltz struggled at the beginning of his career with something with his shoulder. He got that right, and he was playing very well until he tore his ACL, sort of a bad luck type deal. And so Foltz is a guy I could see someone taking a chance on. Jonathan Isaac, on the other hand, as much as I like him, I just don't see anybody taking a chance on him because he just can't stay on the court at all. You know, I I could probably take a look real quick and see, you know, how many. Um, games he's played in the NBA and I'd be willing to bet um, um, it's not that many but uh, let's see he has only played uh, 136 games and this would be his fourth season he hadn't played a game this year so uh, his first year, he only played 27 games. His second year, he played 75. His third year, he played 34. And, you know, that's just not going to cut it. You know, his stats have gone up every year. He averaged five points a game his first year, 9.6 his second year, 11.9 his third year. And I, I just think he's such a talented guy. But uh, poor guy just can't stay on the court. Um, he's a hundred. He's twenty four days old. Or twenty four days. Twenty four years old, and you know he's starting to get to that age where probably two years from now he'll be on some other team playing just a bit role, and you'll see him come out. And sort of like Justice Winslow. You know, Winslow was having a positive career, and then something happened, and you didn't see him for a while. You know, he. 
he was on Miami, and he played 66 games in 2018 and 2019, and he averaged 12 points a game, and he shot 37% from three, which is you know pretty decent, and he was having a good year. And then that next year, he plays 11 games, you know, and then that's it. And then the year after that, he plays 26 games. And it's just like, where is he at? And then over this season, he's played 43 already, which is pretty good. He's played for the Clippers and Portland. So, you know, he's starting to get his game numbers back up now with Portland he's averaging 12 points a game he's getting 31 minutes a game in those six games because Portland needs guys they you know have some injuries and they're trying to figure out who they want he's getting 31 minutes a game and you know he's getting seven rebounds a game so you know good for him and I, I think that's sort of what you're going to see from Jonathan Isaac. Several years from now, he's going to show up. And you're going to be like, oh, who's that? You know? So, it'll be interesting. Um, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. I probably won't do another pod till uh, next weekend sometime after the Mavs Jazz game. Um, it might end up being... Um, I'm not sure because I, I, I might actually go out of town. So I'm not sure when my next pot will be. If I don't go out of town, it'll be on the Saturday morning um, after the game. But if I do go out of town, it might actually be Sunday. So we'll see. Um, it's all-star break, so I guess I'm going to get a break for everyone. But uh, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can at the Mavs Outsider. If you could rate and review the podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast, I'd appreciate it. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Later.